This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1141, Six Signs You're in a Toxic Relationship, part one, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to ORD. I am your host and narrator, Greg Audino, hoping your weekend is going swell so far, and thanking you for making the time for us. This is the show where I bring you the best relationship content around seven days a week, and today I'll be starting a longer post for Mark Manson. I love reading his work, and being that it tends to be longer, we'll often spread his posts across two episodes. So with that being said, we'll get started now. Buckle up for part one as we optimize your life. Six Signs You're in a Toxic Relationship, part one, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. There's no class in high school on how to not be a bad boyfriend or girlfriend. Sure, we get taught the biology of reproducing, the legal ins and outs of marriage, and maybe we read a few obscure love stories from the 19th century on how not to be an idiot. Without clear ideas from adults, what we're left with is basically trial and error. And if you're like most people, it's mostly error. Enter a string of toxic relationships as we fumble through an already complex dating world. One of the problems is that a lot of toxic relationship habits are baked into our culture. We worship romantic love. You know, the dizzying and irrational kind that somehow finds breaking china plates on the wall in a fit of tears somewhat endearing. And we scoff at practicality or unconventional sexualities. Men and women are encouraged to objectify each other and to objectify their romantic relationships. Thus, our partners are often seen as achievements or prizes rather than someone to share mutual emotional support with. A lot of the self-help literature out there isn't helpful either. And for most of us, mom and dad surely weren't the best examples. What is a toxic relationship? Many of us enter the dating world not even knowing that a lot of our beliefs about relationships are toxic to begin with. So let's first get clear about what a toxic relationship is. A toxic relationship occurs when one or both people are prioritizing love over the three core components of a healthy relationship. Respect, trust, and affection. This might sound crazy to some people. But love should not be the reason to stay in a relationship. And that's because it can cloud our judgment in these other very important areas. If you prioritize the love you get out of a relationship over the respect you're given, you'll tolerate being treated like a doormat. If you prioritize love over trust in the relationship, you'll tolerate lying and cheating. If you prioritize love over affection in the relationship, you'll tolerate a cold and distant existence in the relationship. We tolerate bad relationships for all sorts of reasons. Maybe we have low self-esteem. Maybe we're not self-aware enough to realize what's going on. Maybe we don't have a good handle on our emotions. And so on. But all this does is create a superficial, psychologically unhealthy, and potentially abusive relationship. Six signs of a toxic relationship you might think are normal. Toxic relationships can take on a few different forms, but I found a number of telltale signs of bad relationships that many people either ignore, or worse, think are actually signs of a healthy relationship. 
following are six of the most common tendencies in relationships that many couples think are healthy and normal, but are actually toxic behaviors and harming what you hold dear. Number one, the relationship scorecard. What is it? The keeping score phenomenon is when someone you're dating continues to blame you for past mistakes. If both people in the relationship do this, it devolves into what I call the relationship scorecard, where the relationship devolves into a battle to see who has screwed up the most over the months or years, and therefore who is most indebted to the other. You were rude at Cynthia's 28th birthday party back in 2010, and it has proceeded to ruin your life ever since? Why? Because not a week goes by that you are not reminded of it. But that's okay, because that time you caught your partner sending flirtatious text messages to a coworker means you can have it her for supposed infidelity. So it's kind of even, right? Wrong. Why it's toxic? The relationship scorecard is a double whammy of suckage. Not only are you deflecting the current issue by focusing on previous wrongs, but you're ginning up guilt and bitterness from the past to manipulate your partner into feeling bad in the present. If this goes on long enough, both partners eventually spend most of their energy trying to prove that they're less culpable than the other, rather than solving what caused the present issue. People spend all of their time trying to be less wrong for each other instead of being more right for each other. What to do instead? Deal with issues individually unless they are legitimately connected. If someone habitually cheats, then that's obviously a recurring problem. But the fact that she embarrassed you in 2010 and that now she got sad and ignored you today have nothing to do with each other. So don't bring it up. It's crucial to understand that by choosing to be with your significant other, you are choosing to be with all of their prior actions and behaviors. If you don't accept those, then ultimately you are not accepting your partner. If something bothered you that much a year ago, you should have dealt with it a year ago. Number two, dropping hints and other passive aggression. What is it? Instead of saying something outright and out loud, a partner tries to nudge the other in the right direction of figuring it out. Instead of saying what's actually upsetting you, you find small and petty ways to upset your partner, so you'll then feel justified in complaining to them. Why it's toxic? Because it shows that you two are not comfortable communicating openly and clearly. A person has no reason to be passive-aggressive if they feel safe expressing anger or insecurity within a relationship. A person will never feel a need to drop hints if they feel like they won't be judged or criticized for honesty. What to do instead? State your feelings and desires openly and make it clear that the other person is not necessarily responsible or obligated to those feelings, but that you'd love to have their support. If they love you, they'll almost always be able to offer that support. Number three, holding the relationship hostage. What is it? When one person has a simple criticism or complaint and blackmails the other person by threatening the commitment of the relationship as a whole. For instance, if someone feels like you've been cold to them, instead of saying, I feel like you're being cold sometimes, they will say, I can't date someone who is cold to me all of the time. Why it's toxic? Holding the relationship hostage amounts to emotional blackmail and creates tons of unnecessary drama. Even the smallest hiccup in the flow of the relationship, 
results in a perceived commitment crisis. It's crucial for both people in a relationship to know that negative thoughts and feelings can be communicated safely without it threatening the entire future of the relationship. Without that freedom to be honest, a couple will suppress their true thoughts and feelings, leading to the creation of an environment of distrust and manipulation. What to do instead? It's fine to get upset at your partner or to not like something about them. That's called being a normal human being. But understand that committing to a person and always liking a person are not the same thing. You can be committed to someone and not like everything about them. You can be eternally devoted to someone, yet actually be annoyed or angered by them once in a while. On the contrary, two partners who are capable of communicating feedback and criticism without judgment or blackmail will strengthen their commitment to one another in the long run. To be continued. You just listened to part one of the post titled, Six Signs You're in a Toxic Relationship, by Mark Manson of markmanson.net. All right, great stuff from Mark as per usual. I'm going to keep this outro nice and short for you, as I normally do after the first part of our two-part articles. I'll be back with commentary after part two tomorrow. And until then, sit on what you've learned today and how these traits may exist even in small traces in any of your relationships. And I do mean any. Non-romantic relationships can be toxic as well, and we want to keep an eye on them all the same. But thanks for listening today, friends, and again, be sure to come on back tomorrow for more. That's where your optimal life awaits.